What is happening, guys? Welcome to episode 18 of the Triage Method podcast. Happy St. Patrick's Day. This is, of course, our resident Paddy Farrell's special day of the year and my sister's birthday, which you're all aware of, obviously. So happy Paddy's Day. Paddy, how are you this week? I am ecstatic. You know, I just feel bad for everyone that doesn't have a Paddy on St. Paddy's Day. Like, I feel bad for them. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And this is kind of actually what we're going to talk about today because it is obviously relevant to the day that is in it and the culture that we have in Ireland. Well, it's it's worldwide, really, but the, the culture itself, what people do on St. Patrick's Day without having a Patrick in their life or fuck it, even if they have a Patrick in their life, they go out drinking. Right. And this is this is a a topic that people in the health and fitness community have, let's say, a dichotomy you'll find in the health and fitness community. You'll find people that say alcohol is the devil, and then you'll see other people that are like, oh, yeah, like fit it in, moderation. You know, they're the, generally the younger kind of crowd. Maybe they do a bit of like IFYM style dieting. And they're like, oh, yeah, or maybe they do intermittent fasting, whatever fucking strategy is. Generally, it's the younger crowd that are like, oh, yeah, like Thursday night, I'm fitting in some alcohol. Friday night, probably two. Saturday night, probably two. And, you know, maybe a cheeky pint or two here during the week as well. So it's generally that kind of crowd as well that you'll find really doesn't view alcohol in a negative light at all, you know. And then again, you have those two camps and all the information you see in the fitness industry comes from either one of those camps. And there's never really this middle ground approach. So that's kind of what we want to talk about today. We want to, first of all, give you guys our opinion on alcohol. Then also what you can do if you have alcoholic related events coming up and how you can fit that into your your whole lifestyle. So Gary, what are your thoughts on alcohol in someone's health and fitness journey okay so in my opinion like i I would be more of the opinion of keeping alcohol to a minimum if you are taking your health and fitness goals pretty seriously like firstly from a general health perspective like obviously obviously we do know that alcohol is probably not the best for your health especially in any meaningful quantities but at the same time you know, it is one of those things where people are going to go to events sometimes, they're going to go to weddings, they're going to go to parties, they might like a beer, they might like a glass of wine, and that's completely okay. Like, I would be of the opinion that if you if you want to have a drink every now and then, then that is a completely okay t- thing to do, provided it's not, you know, transitioning into actual binge drinking or more regular drinking. Like, I think a drink or two once a week is not going to have, you know, any massive impact on your health and fitness goals, provided you are, you know, being aware of the actual calorie content, if that is something you are tracking and, you know, fitting it into the grand spectrum of your week, which I'm sure we'll touch on a bit more. Yeah, I'd be very much of the same thought process that, well, to an extent I am and to an extent I'm not of the same thought process. Like personally, I think alcohol is quite clearly a poison when you look at it from like a biochemical perspective, right? So looking at it on the grander scheme of like a society, 
like having a society and having a culture based on alcohol consumption when quite clearly it is detrimental to the society. Like there's 3.3 million deaths worldwide related to alcohol. Like now I think that statistic is from like 2016. But so clearly it's a net negative contributor to society. However, I'm also of the view that people can do whatever the fuck they want as long as society doesn't have to pay for it. You know, so to an extent, I'm like, ah, like alcohol, I'm kind of against it in terms of looking at it from a health, a societal perspective and this whole like realm that we're in, this health and fitness realm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you fucking exercise your civil liberties. You you go out <laughs> and drink if that's what you want to do. So if someone is looking to have alcohol in their their lifestyle like they're like oh no it has to be a part of my lifestyle i like to socialize or i like to have i don't know a glass of wine with my dinner whatever it is you know fucking cool bring it in no problem i see no real issue with that until it really starts crossing over into the binge drinking realm or i'm gonna say the alcoholic realm because obviously there is a spectrum with that. Like if you have, I can't remember what the units, how many units it is per week for a female and a male, but whatever it is, if you are drinking over those units and you're going, oh, well, it's grand. I just have, you know, one or two glasses of wine every single day with dinner. Like you're still an alcoholic. You may be quote unquote, uh, a high functioning alcoholic, but you're still an alcoholic, you know? So to an extent, I'm like, they, they, those unit measurements that they're saying don't have overlap per week, that is, or they are there for a reason. So look that up, become aware of that, see what category you kind of fit into. And if you are in that quote unquote alcoholic range, like I would look to dropping out of that range. Like if you're saying you have, I don't know what, we'll say it's 10 units per week. Uh, if you're having 10 units, See if you can bring that down to seven. Like if it, if it is going to fit into your lifestyle, and you're, it's something you want to fit into your lifestyle, at least have it so that you're not in the range that is classified as unhealthy, you know? So to an extent, I'm like, yeah, bring it in. It's fine. But do be aware that it is a poison. It isn't something that I would ideally like someone to essentially be addicted to, you know? It'd be the same with coffee. Like if you're saying like, oh, I couldn't go a day without coffee. I would be looking into, you know, maybe cutting back on it a little bit, actually not being beholden to, you know, caffeine. It's still a drug, you know? So that's my kind of opinion on it. I, I Personally, if, if I had a client or someone was asking me, how do I fit alcohol in my week? How do I fit it in my day? I'm not going to judge them and say, oh, shame on you for drinking alcohol. You're a sinner. You're going to go to hell and burn in hellfire or anything like that. Like, I couldn't care less what you do as long as you were aware that it isn't a healthy practice, although it can be a healthful practice when you view it on the larger scale of things, you know, and that kind of seems a bit dichotomous to what I was just saying. But if you are using alcohol to enhance your life, you're using it to, you know, kind of increase your sociability. And um, yeah, if you're using alcohol to, enhance your sociability you're using it you know to essentially you know you're going for a casual one or two pints with the lads or you're going out with the women and you're kind of going oh yeah like i i'm gonna have a drink or two 
as a social thing. You know, maybe a, a healthful promoter or a promoter of your health because you're actually engaging in social, you know, essentially you're, you're engaging in a, a healthy social environment. You're actually talking to people, you're getting yourself maybe out of the house, you know, that kind of thing. If you are, however, just sitting at home drinking, you know, a shoulder or a nagging, I'm like, okay, well, that's clearly a problem. You know, like, like, why do you feel you need to do that? So I don't think that kind of stuff fits into the diet or the lifestyle, or at least it, it shouldn't really, if you are actually looking to optimize your health. However, if you are looking to, you know, maybe have one or two nights out where you're saying you have a couple of pints or some fucking wine or whatever it is, cocktails, I don't know, whatever your drink of choice is, like, fine, we can fit it into the day or fit it into the overall diet, you know? So you do have to view it in terms of what are, what is this actually bringing to the table? Are you using it to, I know, increase your sociability. Like some people, they just don't have the confidence, you know, and if they're, they're essentially their only chance of finding a mate is under the influence of alcohol, you know, like I'm not going to stop that. Like <laughs> that's not my place. Like, yeah, I'd like to see people be more confident. Yeah. I'd like to see people not rely on alcohol, but if that's the only way you're going to, you know, find, find a potential mate, like do what you need to do. Like that's that none of my business, you know, but there are strategies, obviously, so that you can mitigate the effects of alcohol, you know, both in terms of the health effects and then also the caloric effects, you know. Um, so in terms of, well, actually, I'll interview you, Gary, for this. In terms of what you do with clients, if someone came to you and said, I have an event on Saturday, right? I'm going to be going out. I generally don't go out a lot. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once every two months. Like it's not a weekly thing anyway, right? So I've been sticking pretty religiously to my diet. I've been tracking my calories. I have been, you know, tracking my macros. I've been doing everything right. Like, so I'm slowly losing weight. That's my goal, weight loss, right? So I'm slowly losing weight. I'm doing everything right. I'm fucking have it all nailed down. I'm afraid this Saturday night out is going to ruin my gains. So preemptively, we know I'm going out on the Saturday night. What are we doing? How are we setting up my week? How are we setting up my Saturday? Perfect. So let, let's just, let's just start by being clear on like what is too much alcohol just for a second, because I think it's it's something that people miss. Like for, like 14 units is considered to be kind of like the range that you shouldn't aim to be drinking any more than that. Like any more than that would be considered like bit of a risk to your health you know and like that is seven pints of beer and like people could easily justify that on one night out if not double that i know people that would drink far more than double that in one night so like it actually becomes like in 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 ireland and not just in ireland like but i think we we kind of think of ourselves as a drinking culture we're almost proud of it but it, it would almost be acceptable for someone let's say who works in a bar to go for four pints pretty much every night after work like it's like yeah no big deal like four pints god you're you're not a, you're not an alcoholic if you do that but you know four pints is like eight units of alcohol you do that seven nights a week you're looking at 56 units of alcohol which is like three four times four times the limit that is considered appropriate so that's just something to keep in your mind because i think we can often compare ourselves to people that are like you would almost regard as alcoholics and we think that because we we drink less, that it's, oh, we're, we're in the healthy range. But 
it's actually a lot less to be in the healthy range. So let's just start with that in mind. And that's not to put us on a high horn. Yeah, just... Just just to add to that, like you'll see this a lot, especially if you are younger and you maybe go out on a Friday or a Saturday night. Where, say you're a student, you're a college student. You'll you'll say to your parents, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going out on whatever the college night out, Thursday night, Tuesday night, whatever the fuck it is these days, right? You're going out for that. And they'll probably lecture you and say, oh, like you kids these days, you're drinking your spirits and your vodka and whatever else. Like we didn't do that back in my day. And whatever they'll say to you but essentially their message would be that kids these days drink too much they binge drink right that's what they'll say so that's cool Uh, i'm not in disagreement with that but they will say that in a way that almost makes it like they are i can say better but in a way that they are their drinking practices are more optimal, we'll say. They're they're not as bad as the binge drinkers. You students, you college students, you're going out and destroying your liver with one night out. But then you'll look at their drinking practices in their culture and they'll maybe, you know, have a pint after work for a guy. You know, he'll have a pint after work with the boys. Maybe he works on a construction site or something. He's like, yeah, pint or two after work with the lads. Maybe he works in an office, same kind of thing. We'll then take like, say, maybe it's a stay-at-home mother. She'll have, you know, two glasses of wine with dinner and after dinner, you know. And and that wouldn't be way out of the spectrum of what you'd see. That would be almost the average of what you'd see, you know, one to two drinks per day. However, when you take that into context, like both of them are alcoholics. Both of them are posing a risk to their health with their drinking practices. But because they aren't essentially getting drunk off that, like one to two pints, especially if you do it regularly, like you're, you're not feeling that at all. You know, one to two glasses of wine, like you might feel a little bit kind of tipsy or something, especially if you're a fa- smaller female, but you're not feeling drunk. You're not like stumbling all over the place and whatever. Like this is again why you'll see people like, oh yeah, of course I can drive after, you know, two pints. Like that's, it's no big deal. Like I, my judgment isn't impaired at all. My hand-like coordination isn't impaired at all. And that'll be the thought process of people. However, that is ignoring the fact that you are still over consuming the units of alcohol per week, you know? So having this, this view that college students or the younger crowd are doing it badly. If you're drinking one to two pints or one to two glasses of wine or whatever it is a day, like you're still in the same boat as that, you know? Yeah, I think that's something that's important to keep in mind because it is all it is always thought that like it's just binge drinking that's the problem, and that's not really the case at all. And like at the same time, I want to make it clear as well that like me and Patty don't think we're like anything special. Like I know I've I've drank more than that fourteen units on a night out like many a time in my younger days. But like for someone to turn around and say, "Oh, you, you guys definitely did that at some point," it's like saying oh, you guys definitely ate a burger and fries at some point. It's like, yeah, we did, like, you know, but it, it doesn't mean that it's right. Like, we've been there, you know, grown up from that, and we're trying to pass that on. So don't think we think we're better than anyone by having this discussion. It's purely for the case, for the purpose of education. Because I think people do really have a skewed a skewed understanding of what appropriate alcohol consumption actually is. But anyway, let's get back to the actual practical side of things. So let's say you are that client, and you are saying... Gary, I want to go out, you know, I'm going to a wedding, what should I do? So firstly, we are looking at this through the lens that you are already tracking your calories and your macronutrients. You've got that down, you've got your nutrition locked in place. Then what we're going to do from there 
is say, okay, like, what do you think you're going to be drinking on the night out? Okay. And that, that's typically what I'll ask people because I have one rule when it comes to facilitating people, I guess, to go on a night out. And that's that, like, I'm not going to help you justify binge drinking. So if you want to go out and drink 10 pints, I'm, I'm not going to help you save up the calories for 10 pints because to me, it would be irresponsible as a coach to encourage that binge drinking practice. So let's say the person says they're going to have like four bottles of beer or whatever. Then what we'll say is, okay, you know, what, what, what does that roughly look like calorie wise? And we look, we look at it that way. And then what we'll do is we'll try and create a little bit of a buffer, but I'm not a fan of creating these ridiculous buffers, like saving up five or 700 calories a day for like five days, because ultimately that just ends, ends up being a vicious cycle and a bad habit to get into. So instead what we might do is maybe save up two or 300 calories the day before. And then maybe what we'll do is eat lighter on that day of the actual event, save up a little bit of a buffer of calories from maybe carbohydrates and fats, a combination of that generally. Um, and then what we'll do is, you know, we're having to think about, okay, you're going on a night out between, 9 and 2 p.m., you probably are usually winding down and going to bed. So by virtue of going on that night out and dancing, we're going to have an increase in energy expenditure. Okay, so you're going to be moving, you're going to be burning more energy than you normally do. Therefore, we don't necessarily need to compensate for everything. So if you're having four drinks and we only compensate for 60 to 70% of those calories, it's like, cool, we'll probably get away with it. It'll be just fine. But what you'll notice is that the strategies that I am suggesting you put in place, they're all proactive, okay? What I'm not a fan of is this kind of retrospective compensation. So what people will do is they'll plan their four drinks, they'll then have 12 drinks and a kebab, and then on the day after what they do is they try and starve themselves to compensate for that or over-exercising or whatever. And it just ends up being this kind of really bad, vicious cycle where you starve yourself that day, it comes to the end of the day, you end up binging then because you're too hungry and you've got cravings because of the alcohol, etc. So what I would say is that if you do have that initial plan and maybe it goes astray and you try, you don't then try and compensate afterwards because it's a pretty poor strategy. And in the grand scheme of things, if you did go over by a thousand calories, it's like the best thing you can do is just get back on track. A thousand calories isn't that meaningful in the course of maybe your 12 week, 12 week fat loss phase or whatever it is, because I assume that if you are going out drinking, you don't have a specific deadline. Like you're not competing in a competition or anything like that, because obviously you wouldn't be doing that. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good introduction. And then Patty, if you have anything to add, and then we can maybe talk about some of the training considerations and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I a hundred percent agree with you because especially on the retroactive side of things like people and it might be a good strategy like it might be an okay strategy especially if you find you are someone that really suffers with hangovers you know like you're just essentially dust the next day like you you, you can't get up you know and you only wake up at like 4 p.m you know that, that that can be fine if you just go i know i'm going to over consume on the saturday night but i'm essentially going to sleep until 4 p.m on the sunday so you're not going to have a huge amount of time to get your calories in. So it, it, it can work. And I can understand why people do that. But in, in the overall scheme of your, we'll say your diet, your lifestyle, having that view that you're essentially stealing calories from the next day, or you're looking into the past and saying, oh, like my... I overate yesterday, so I'm going to restrict myself today. It does, like you said, Gary, become a 
negative kind of cycle where, you know, what happens then one day you just kind of eat 200 extra calories, then you start trying to make up for that the next day. And then you're, you're a bit more hungry. Okay. I'll do it the next day as well. And then again, you're a bit more hungry and then you binge and it just becomes this kind of binge restrict cycle. So like you said, I think the best thing for people to do after the fact, even if they did over consume food, drink, whatever it is, not feeling that kind of punishment mentality where you're saying, oh, I need to stop uh, myself eating this much. So I'm just going or I, sh- I should have stopped myself eating that much last night. So I'm going to restrict myself really excessively today and hopefully it evens out. So I, I fully agree with you in terms of setting up your week, maybe having a small buffer, like even something as, as small as like 100 calories per day, saving it up trade two to three days beforehand. Maybe if you know it's going to be a bit of a wilder one, like say, for example, it's your best friend's, I don't know, Hindu or Stag or whatever it is, uh, and you know you're essentially going to be binge drinking and you, you know it's going to be a bit loose and you're not you're not usually doing this and it's like okay cool like yeah it is been drinking yeah it is detrimental to your health but if you have kind of goals that you want to stick to in terms of fat loss or what, even muscle gain or whatever it is and you, you kind of have to stick to your calories or you, you need to stick to your calories for your goals like yeah creating a buffer even if it is a larger buffer is fine but do realize that the bigger the buffer you create the harder it is going going to be to stick to your diet overall you know and like when you're looking at like creating a buffer like you can you can do it from calorie restriction in terms of eat 100 200 calories less per day or you can do it in terms of you know exercising more like maybe you do 100 calories of cardio 200 calories of cardio per day in the run-up to it you know like that, that that's fine however again the larger the buffer you create the worse off you are going to be in terms of adherence, you know? So like, yeah, one to two days beforehand, if you create a 200 calorie buffer, so you've essentially saved up 400 calories, then like you said, eat a bit lighter on the day of and account for those calories. Like, yeah, you're going to be bang on, on point. Not gonna be a huge issue. But if you start looking at it, okay, I'm going out on Saturday and the entire week, like Monday to Sat- Monday to Friday, you're creating like a 300 calorie buffer. Like you're gonna be in a bad position come Thursday even, and by the time Friday and Saturday comes around, like you're you're going to want to overeat. You know, you're almost setting yourself up for a fall, you know? So yeah, like you can whatever it is, prospectively kind of bring the calories down and make a buffer, but the larger it is, the worse off you're going to be. So don't think, oh, the lad said create a calorie buffer, eat a bit lighter on the day of and we're all G and I know it's going to be a fucking absolutely wild one. And I'm going to be drinking in excess of 3000 calories. That's not what we're saying. Like, yeah, small buffer account for, you know, a small amount of alcohol. If it is going to be a bit looser, like, yeah, you can create a, a buffer, but generally I would look to on the day of, you know, making better alcohol choices, you know? And, and that's what we're going to, we'll probably move into right now is, what you do the day of if you if you know you're going to have a saturday night out friday night out whatever it is like yeah i would definitely stick to lighter food the day of especially trying to get in your protein because it's both satiating and generally if you do eat out after a night out it's not going to be a high protein food generally speaking um 
like it's going to be fucking like garlic chips or something. Uh, so I would definitely be trying to get my protein target in earlier in the day and mainly sticking the kind of salad type thing. Um, in terms of nutrition, that's what I would do. Then the, the, the night of itself, I would be sticking like, I know we kind of have differing opinions on this Gary, uh, but like I would generally stick to the less calorie dense, uh, like clear liquors, say like vodka or something. So you get like vodka, vodka and, you know, say a, a diet soft drink with that, like mixer or whatever. And, that's what I would stick to. Although I know Gary, you have a little bit of a different opinion on terms of what to stick to drink wise on the night off. Yeah. Like I think it kind of depends on the type of drinker that you are, but also on your actual tolerance to alcohol. Like I think it's a good broad sweep recommendation to suggest that someone would stick to clear liquors and like calorie free mixers. Like I think that's a good recommendation, but the way I kind of think of it is like a, a more, more from a behavioral perspective, like think about the actual act of drinking. So like a lot of the benefits are, are not a lot, but one of the benefits of drinking on a night out is like as, as weird as it sounds, it's the actual drink that you have in your hand, the social aspect of, you know, taking a drink and, and, and being in that environment where you actually have that drink and you're kind of just doing the same thing as everyone else. Like I know a lot of people actually find that somewhat comforting and makes makes it easier to socialize so i actually have a perspective that sometimes beer can be a good option for someone that's looking to limit their alcohol intake because it takes longer to drink so it takes longer to consume a total unit of alcohol assuming you are you know sipping at the same rate or whatever um and that can then lead you to actually drinking less overall because people tend to drink spirits a bit faster so if you actually have four hours and a night out, then, and you have X amount of drinks every hour, then you're going to get drunk sooner. And the thing is, as soon as you cross that threshold of being truly in control of your decision making and remembering like your health and fitness goals and stuff, then it doesn't really matter after that. Like it, it doesn't matter. You're going to have forgotten about what the triage boys said. All you're going to be thinking about is where you can get your next drink and the fact that, oh, you're on the night out now. YOLO, you've gone into YOLO mode and it's kind of all downhill from there. So sometimes I think for some people having beer, sipping it nice and slowly and just kind of, you know, enjoying it and taking your time can be helpful. But I, I wouldn't say that that's going to be the case for everyone. And I think you can make it a little bit better by choosing like light beers. There's a lot more of them now. You know, Heineken have a light beer. If you like cider, you can get Orchard Thieves Light, Bulmer's Light. And like, they're all great options and take, do take that little bit longer to drink. Obviously you could say that you could just have like 400 milliliters of uh, Ribena with your whiskey, but then it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> you're not even drinking the whiskey at that point. So it really just depends on the type of drinker that you are. They're both effective strategies. And I think once you're making some conscious decision to try and both limit the caloric intake, but also limit your alcohol intake in general, you're going to be in a good place. Mm, yeah i'd 100 agree with you gary um so yeah like i think that kind of covers what people should do on the day of you know so they're and, and the week of you know so they're limiting their calories maybe a little bit creating a little bit of a caloric buffer during the week you know not too big not so much that they're feeling really really restricted in their overall diet then the day of they're really focusing on getting their protein intake in they are somewhat like again not going too far all out with this restricting their 
fats and carbs because I want to hit, I want them to hit a protein goal. So they're essentially sticking to kind of stir fry things, salad type things with protein in them. And ideally they're accounting for the alcohol they're going to consume. So again, they're, they're, they're either choosing a lighter calorie option, either in terms of, you know, going for like vodka or something, um, or they are going for lighter beers or ciders, depending on what their actual taste is. So I think if they do that, that is going to solve the majority of people's issues with drink because the the calorie side of things are controlled. Okay, so that's what most people are thinking of when they think of drink. They're not thinking of health, you know, because they, they like as I said, like it is a, a poison. So if you're drinking it, you've already made the decision that I'm going to take something in that isn't healthful, even though like we discussed, like it could be healthful in terms of your overall approach you know it can help with the socializing aspect of stuff and again that is something that you do have to consider but you've accepted that okay i'm essentially drinking a poison it's gonna fuck me up pretty bad but i'm doing it because whatever reason you're doing it for you know um so i think if, if people can account for their calories and they're still on track with their fitness goals or their physique goals i think that kind of covers the majority of people's questions with alcohol okay but there's two things now before we kind of move on and talk about some other things. Uh, the kebab after, right? Or the day after. What, like, what are we doing then? Okay, we've already covered a day after to some extent. So we know we're not retroactively going, oh, fuck, we wake up with serious, you know, uh, fear the next morning where you're like oh fuck what did i do last night and then you're like oh shit i have these health and fitness goals what did i do fucking calorie wise what damage did i do uh and they kind of retroactively look at like okay so i think i had a shot here i think i had an extra point here and they're kind of like thinking through the night they're like oh yeah i had that i had that and they counted up maybe using my fitness pal or whatever and it's like okay then i had that kebab or i went into burger king or whatever it is and you're like okay look i i overate by a thousand five hundred so i'm gonna i'm gonna restrict myself today and do some extra cardio or something like that you know so i would not do that okay but if they didn't listen to us once that you know the fucking music got into their soul the alcohol hit their bloodstream and they just lost the run of themselves and they overate they overconsumed alcohol the next day gary what are we what are we looking at doing to mitigate the the effects of that overconsumption? So we're saying don't, you know, try fuck yourself over by increasing your expenditure and decreasing your intake, you know, well, at least not in huge amounts. What what are we doing retrospectively? We fucked up, Gary. What, what are we doing? <laughs> am I am I am I answering this with respect to my thought process or with respect to the person who's ignoring what well, we're no, saying? No, someone they, they were listening to us. They 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 got us. They were like, okay, cool. I, oh, I understand. Cool. I, I know what these boys are saying. I, I agree with them. Like it, it's cool. I've got I I, I made a hundred calorie buffer. You know, three four days beforehand, I stuck to my veggies and my protein the day off, and I tried to listen to them. And you know, I accounted for my calories. I accounted for the drink I was going to consume. But as soon as they got out, you know, the beat hit their soul and they were like, boom, 
okay, I'm going to go for some dancing. Yeah, the boys said, you know, increase my expenditure through, you know, a bit of dancing on the dance floor. Cool, we're cool. It's all good. Then their friend said, or I don't know, a cute girl said, you know, oh, let's go get some shots or something. And they're like, okay, fuck the lads. Like, uh, I'm going to get this cutie pie here and going to buy some drink, you know. And then, you know, shots turned into an extra pint because they were like, oh, she shot me down after we I bought her drinks. Uh, they're out in the smoking area with the boys or whatever it is. And they have more alcohol, you know, and, and the process repeats. Then it's whatever, 2, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it is. And they're outside the kebab shop or Burger King. And they're like, oh, fuck, we should shit night. Uh, I'm just going to have this fucking burger or whatever it is. So they fucked up. They didn't mean to. They did everything we said. And just when they got out there, they just couldn't control themselves. So they, they fucked up. What would you do? And what would you recommend someone else do? Yeah, what would I do? Like, personally, like, you know, I, I've had those nights where, you know, you go out and you have a few drinks and then, you know, your girlfriend's like, oh, we get pizza and you're like, uh, do you know what? Let's do it. Yeah, cool. Let's let's get the pizza. Enjoy the pizza. Loving life. Happy days. You wake up the next morning and they're like, ah, shouldn't have had that pizza. Like, what I personally would do is just like, cool, it happened. I had pizza. I, I overconsumed my calories by 800 to 1,000 for the day. It's like, how meaningful is that in the grand scheme of things? I personally would not restrict because I like a good feed after a night out. Everyone does. Like the next morning, you want a nice breakfast. You want a nice tasty breakfast. The last thing you want is to spend your whole day trying to abstain from those desires for food when you're already kind of in a bad mood. Like personally, like recalling some actual hangovers I've had in the past, like I, I tend to get kind of depressive symptoms in response to alcohol like the day after i wouldn't i generally wouldn't feel too good so what i would do personally is actually like and i know a lot of people do actually struggle with this like i've had some clients who are nearly afraid to go on a night out because of how kind of depressed they get afterwards i would try and uh, schedule something that you actually enjoy the day after okay so preferably something that's active maybe you want to get out into the fresh air go for a walk on the beach play some soccer on the beach whatever it is schedule something you enjoy and don't don't do the whole punishment thing like the last thing you want is to schedule a hard training session after a night out like that's a pretty terrible idea what are you talking both about because, i'm doing legs the day after <laughs> both because you're not actually getting the benefit from it because you should be not prepared to perform in any meaningful way but also because it's just like not what you want to be doing to try and compensate for an overconsumption of calories like just training and and adding another stress load to the body when you're already kind of stressed. Like I would try and chill out as much as I can do something active with your girl or your boy, you know, and just do something you enjoy, forget about it and just move on to the next week. Like that is what I would do myself and what I would recommend. If you, if you are in that position where you're like, Oh, I know that if I do some hard activity, I'll feel better mentally. I'll feel like I've compensated. It'll make me feel better. Firstly, I'd kind of maybe, Maybe work in the mindset a little bit and try and consider like, all right, you have like, how, how meaningful is are these calories in the grand scheme of things? But also like, you could just go and do some cardio, like go and do some cardio that isn't going to be overly fatiguing. It's going to give you that little bit of a mental boost, make you feel like, okay, I've compensated a little bit, feel better now, but I wouldn't go and do an overly hard training session that you're trying to get an actual benefit from. Yeah, I, I would definitely be on the same mindset of you in terms of like, if it was me, like unless I had something like very much that I was like, Oh no, I need to, 
be lean for some sort of date or I need to make a certain weight class or whatever it is. You know, if I did have something like that, like I might approach it differently. But having said that, I probably if I did have that time frame or time time sensitive goal, I probably wouldn't have been drinking in the first place. You know, so if I was saying like, oh, in three weeks time, I'm going on holidays, you know, and I want to be shredded for it. Like that's that's my goal, you know, and we're, we're close to it. And I don't want to fuck myself up. Like personally, I might have one or two drinks, but I would definitely be starting or yeah, I'd definitely be fitting in way, way less alcohol than would take me to get drunk, you know? So I wouldn't get to the stage where my decision-making faculties were impaired, you know? So if it was me and I just fucked up and over-consumed alcohol, over-consumed calories, the next day, I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm maybe going, like, I've never had a hangover in my life. Fucking lucky. You know, maybe when I get older, it'll happen. But for now, fucking, I'm, I'm all G, you know? So for me, like, I would try to be active. Like, I wouldn't be going, even hitting arms or something like that. I wouldn't be even having an easy resistance training session because, you know, my sleep's probably been shit the night before, you know, may, like I find it hard to kind of sleep in. Uh, so like eight o'clock rolls around as soon as the sun is kind of out, like I'm not sleeping, you know, like I remember we used to go out and like I'd have work the next morning. So like we'd come home and I'd be home at like say half four. Like if I knew I had work at eight, you know, and I was only going to get two hours sleep, like I'd almost just be like, yeah, fuck this. Like, and I just play Call of Duty until I had to get ready for work, you know? So for me, I would generally just try to be a bit more active during that day. If you can, ideally try to get your sleep in. It's probably not going to be the best sleep because alcohol does affect your, your sleep. But, you know, if you can get some more recovery in, in terms of sleep, happy days, I would definitely try to get some sort of light sweat on. Like I wouldn't even say go for a jog or something, but like a light walk where maybe you get out into the fresh air, that would be very beneficial. Like even if it is, you're going, look, I need to have that greasy fry up. That's what fucking cures me. Like find somewhere, a restaurant or something that does that greasy fry up and walk there. You know, ideally it's like 20, 30 minutes away. So you're getting an hour walk in, you know, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, you know, like that would be perfect. You've got your activity in, you've got some fresh air in and you've got your greasy fry up, you know? However, on the calorie side of things, I would be inclined to play it one of two ways. If it was that, like we're saying, like this is just a, a lifestyle approach, we'll say, we'll call it the lifestyle approach where you have pretty much everything bang on track. You don't necessarily have a goal date that you need to be shredded for or you need to gain weight for or whatever your goals are. There's no specific end date to it. And you're just kind of like, yeah, this is more of a lifestyle for me. I just enjoy training. I enjoy eating healthy, blah, blah, blah. And it was just one night out. I would be kind of inclined to forget about it and pay a little bit more intention or attention even that day to your kind of hunger signals. Like if you're saying you overate by 2000 calories, you're probably not going to be as hungry, especially if you, like you said, Gary, like you suffer from hangovers, you're probably not going to be as hungry that day. So I wouldn't be necessarily trying to hit a certain calorie target, you know, like, yeah, I would still probably actively track. Like I actually physically like the act of tracking and I definitely would be trying to hit a protein goal 
But if you're kind of saying, oh, like I overate by 2,000 calories and I'm, I'm just fucking stuffed all day, I have a little bit of a hangover, kind of feel a little bit sick, like I'm not too worried if you kind of stick to the lower end of calories as long as you're not restricting yourself. Like if you're coming in and it's, you know, again, it's the, the morning after and you're starving and you're looking at my fitness pal going, nah, nah I'm not going to eat because I overate by 1,000, 2,000 calories the night before. I'm just not going to eat until four o'clock, you know, and it's 8 a.m. You know, that's probably a bad approach to it overall, you know. So I wouldn't necessarily intentionally restrict calories, but I also wouldn't intentionally force feed myself just because I had some caloric number to hit. Like if your body's saying, nah, fam, I'm full, I'm kind of a little bit sick, I, I don't really like the look of food, I, I'm off, you know. So that's definitely one approach to it. Another approach that I like if you are, you have essentially a goal that you have to be a certain weight for and you just kind of fucked up a little bit, like, yeah, you can maybe bring the calories down a little bit the next day. But what I generally like doing is just getting people back on track, like mentally, like feeling, okay, no, fuck, like I, I messed up, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge mess up. Like, even if you, like, you're, whatever it is about 7,700 calories ish 7,000 to 7,700 calories ish to put on say like a kilo of fat we'll, we'll say roughly that kind of thing you know somewhere in that range maybe you've saw as high as 9,000 right so you're not going to have over consumed 9,000 calories you know like maybe you did but like your digestion probably didn't wasn't great and you probably didn't digest a huge amount of that. Like your poos the next day probably weren't great. Uh, so you're probably not digesting the full amount of those calories. But anyway, you're probably not putting on a ridiculous amount of body fat in that one mess up. You might hold a little bit of water, yes. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. So yeah, if you want to go, I'm just going to bring the calories down like 200, 300. No big deal for me, right? However, what I generally like people to do is have their meals prepared for the next day. So if you're going in on a Saturday night, have your meals prepared for the Sunday because what tends to happen is people go out on a Saturday night and they wake up on Sunday. Motivation is low. Like you're saying, Gary, like maybe you do suffer from kind of almost depressive style thoughts and you're kind of like, oh, like fuck this. Like maybe you weren't feeling great about your physique going into it and you're kind of like, oh, like my goals, am I ever going to achieve them? Blah, blah, blah. All these thoughts kind of start going through your head. Like if you can take steps to get yourself back on track, it's going to ensure that that week or that one day of badness doesn't turn into a week of badness, you know? So if you have your meals ready for Sunday or the day after, you're much more likely to stay on track. And now is not the time to be, you know, trying out that new recipe for sushi or whatever it is. Like stick to meals, you know, don't upset your stomach. Stick to meals that you know you can easily digest and like you're not going to be thinking of it in the morning when you're hungover, like, oh, fuck that, it's disgusting. You know, like stick to easier kind of foods palate-wise and have have them prepared, you know? So that's that's generally what I would have most people do have their food prepared for the next day because it does tend to keep people or rather it tends to get people back on track straight away. And that's, that's more of an issue than the night itself. The fact that people fuck themselves up over one mistake, you know, they'll just write off the week, you know, maybe they did go out on a Thursday night and it's like, Oh, Friday was shit. So roll it into the weekend. Weekend's going to be shit. And I'm going to start again on Monday. You know, so 
whatever we can do to stop that thought process, we're going to bring that kind of strategy in. Because like realistically, if like you said, you just were like, oh, the girlfriend says, let's have a pizza. And you're like, yeah, fuck it. I wouldn't mind some pizza. And you you fully YOLO it. You even get the, the extra large pizza, whatever it is. As long as you get back on track the next day, like I'm not seeing that as a, a big issue. Agreed. And I, and I think there's a lot to be said for simply getting back on track because I think a lot of people don't. And I, and I think people try and like over, you know, they, they completely overshoot things. They, they try and aim for like these massive compensations when they're barely even able to even get back on track. So if you can get back to being on track for like the, the week ahead, like that's an absolute win because like what most people will do is they'll get discouraged. They'll overeat completely on the day after. And then that rolls into the next week. And then you're like, Oh fuck, I have to start my whole diet again. Cause I regain my weight. So like if you can get back on track, like you are absolutely on point. So I think like that, that can be said for not only, a night out it can also be said for you know going out for a meal and eating far too much or you know having a binge and stuff like that because you can actually avoid a lot of the negative psychological repercussions of binge eating and things like that by actually getting back on track as opposed to getting back into this vicious cycle of compensating which i think the majority of the fitness industry are guilty of of trying to do yeah so yeah people now got back on track they're all g they've got rid of this mindset of fuck it we're going to restrict calories excessively before they're not restricting calories excessively the day of and they're also not restricting calories excessively the day after and they're setting up their their diet so that they can get straight back on track right so that kind of covers a lot right now there's another kind of one which we have essentially given the answer to but what do we do if you know a client comes to you and you know they they, they whatsapp you you know because we always like have like as much contact as we can with our clients you know so they whatsapp you and they're like gary i'm just out with the boys we're playing a bit of Fortnite, and you know like a few of the boys you know they're saying let's go for pints you know, and they haven't accounted for anything. They, they haven't set their week up. They haven't set their day up. Like they've, they've pretty much, they had a meal ready to go once they got home, you know, but they're, they're out with the boys now and it's looking like it's going to be a fairly tame one, but they're going down the pub. What are we doing in that case? Does our strategy change again this is someone that has like this is their kind of lifestyle we'll say they're just looking to be overall healthy they're just looking to be you know fit looking but not excessively lean for any particular date you know they they don't have a, a a time sensitive goal we'll say what does our strategy change or does it change for that person yeah like i don't think there's a a massive change there to be made like in my opinion like what i would just be mindful of is like you kind of just accept, like it, it really is about acceptance. Like you're kind of going into it and you're saying, all right, I've eaten my calories for the day or whatever it is. And now I'm going to be going over like, cool. All right. I'm going to have two drinks. It might put me over by three to 400 calories. It's like, cool. I can accept that. Boom. I'll move on tomorrow. It's not too much of a big deal. Like you do have to kind of weigh up the pros and cons, which I think a lot of people are very poor at. Like if you can weigh up the pros and cons and say that, you know what, I actually haven't seen the lads in weeks. It would be nice to go out and have a few drinks with them. 
this bar serves my favorite beer you know personally like i love when a bar serves peroni because i just like peroni and it's just like oh they serve peroni so i'm gonna be i want to have that i want to have that point i think that's a good thing Uh, i like playing pool like whatever it is you know there are certain pros to that night out oh yeah i don't like playing pool in case you thought thought i was talking about me patty you made a face i don't like pool jesus (laughs) and then and then you look at the cons and you say all right my calories are going to go up by three to 400. It's like, okay, not, not too much of a big deal. Um, my sleep might be slightly compromised by having two more drinks. It's like, ah, not too much of a big deal. And it's like, it's just about weighing up like what the, the actual return on investment is there for you. But what you shouldn't, and this is what most people let their decisions be driven by is the peer pressure. So, you know, the because the lads want you to go out and the lads are going to mock you if you don't drink or they're going to mock you if you don't come with them. Like, that's something you have to kind of stand up to. And like, that shouldn't be the, the driving factor in your decisions, like period with anything in life, to be honest, like if your friends don't support you, fuck your friends, you know, <laughs> that's like cut them. That, that, that's it. We're, we're fairly ruthless like that. But um, yeah, so weigh up those pros and cons and then go out, accept it. And tomorrow move on. Like, that's what I would be saying. I wouldn't be suggesting that you then go and just do the whole compensation thing the day after. It's like, it's three or 400 calories. It's not too much of a big deal. Just don't go and binge. Fuck, you're a smart boy, Gary. I know. That's my mom said. <laughs> anyway, right. So we've, we, we've pretty much covered, hopefully somewhat comprehensively, the nutrition side of things. We haven't really mentioned the training. Like, yes, we have mentioned creating like a calorie buffer or perhaps a deficit by, you know, doing some cardio the day after or whatever like that. Okay. So what, what, like, again, say like, are we, are we modifying our training at all in response to alcohol? Now, I mean that both in terms of the person that is planning for a night out. Right. And then also in terms of, you know, that second example that we gave there where, it's like, oh, I was just out with the boys and, you know, a few pints were consumed. Like, are we changing? Like, maybe we had something rostered in the next day to do. Like, we had, I don't know, a back session or something like that the next day. Like, it was it was on the cards and normally we do a morning workout. You know, in those two cases, are we changing training at all? Are we, like, are, are we changing training in response to alcohol consumption? What are your thoughts? Go. Yeah, so like if it was a client and they said that they were going out on a Saturday night, I would kind of make the following changes. So let's say we're doing four sessions a week. I would probably try and get all those four sessions done between Monday to Friday because like we know that, you know, your recovery isn't going to be great in, if, you're, if you're going out that night, both because, you know, you're not sleeping as well, but alcohol also kind of blunts protein synthesis. You're not getting that, that same response from your actual training. So that, that adaptive response isn't quite the same. The ladies get a little lucky here. Like they, they tend not to get the same blunted protein synthesis that males do. But again, it's still an effect and it's still not going to be the same recovery capacity. So with that in mind, I think a lot of people tend to try and do a really hard workout before they go on a night out because it makes them feel good, whether it's a lad getting a pump or whether it's uh, just you trying to justify a night out. It's like it's actually a pretty poor idea if you care about your results because you're not going to be able to get the maximum adaptations from that workout. So I would try to not train, if possible, if it fits into your schedule, on the day of or the day after your night out. Like the day after is probably a bit more obvious one. It's like, 
you're hungover, you haven't slept well, you're probably a little bit dehydrated. It's not the best time for a training environment or for a training session. Like if you, maybe if you do two like cardio sessions a week or something like that, and that's part of your, your, your week, you could maybe schedule those on those days. That'd be fine. But not if you're looking to get the maximum adaptations from those workouts. If it's a second example where, you know, you're going on a night out, it was a more spontaneous decision and you've got a workout planned the next day. What I would then do is just like if, if you have light sessions that you normally fit into your week, maybe if, if that's part of your program, you could maybe do one of those on those days. Maybe you do a more, more mobility focused workout or maybe you schedule a rest day then and then do your training day the night, the day after, you know, you have multiple options but again it's just about being aware like i think awareness is huge like if you're aware that your recovery and your adaptation is not going to be the same when you're drinking and your performance is not going to be the same when you're hungover then you can at least say i can now make a more objective informed decision yeah 100 percent agree with you and i think that point that you kind of have to look at your overall goals like if your goal is say it's strength you want to i don't know increase your bench press you know having a bench session the night of or the day of the night out is probably not going to do a huge amount for your overall progress like yeah okay cool like you're gonna look pumped in your fucking t-shirt because you're like oh yeah i got this filthy chest pump like fucking look at my titties like you know like cool you're probably gonna look great in your t-shirt kudos to you but if your goal is more strength focused and you're looking to you know actually progress in the lifts that you're doing over time then it's probably not a great idea to have that on the schedule the same day that you're going to have reduced recovery because you're, you know, drinking, you know? So you do have to look at it in terms of your goals. Like if someone said to me, they're like, look, you know, this fucking cute boy is going to be there that, you know, I want to look good for like, yeah, cool. If you want to do an extra glute focus session, like, cool. Same with the guys. If you're like, oh, like, uh, there's a there's a fucking little cutie pie that you know i want to get with and she's going to be there tonight i'm like yeah if you want to do an extra arm session cool like but that's that's more in response to you know having a little bit of a pump for the night out we're not looking for long-term adaptation with that but again that has to be your goal with that workout so you're going to change your workout as a result. You may be going for more kind of metabolic response to that. You you know it's not going to make you progress. You know your arms aren't going to get bigger because you did a little cheeky pump session before the night out. Like you're you're accepting that. You're using it as, you know, okay, I have an event that I want to look good for. Same with like bodybuilders will do, you know, they'll they'll deplete uh, glycogen and fucking water or whatever coming up to an event like yeah they know their performance is going to be shit but they want to look a certain way for an event you know so it's the same kind of thing if you're if that's what you're doing it for you just want to look good for that night out or whatever like cool yeah we can do a session that day but realize that it's probably not going to be helpful or beneficial in the long-term grand scheme of things like yeah okay cool i would rather see someone training in some respect than not training just because they're like oh well the lad said uh, my gains are wasted if i fucking drink and train on the same day it's like like it's not wasted it's probably not the most optimal setup of things but it's not like you're getting no response from that workout same with the workout the day after you know maybe it is you or maybe you are 
quite hungover, quite dehydrated, and you're like, no, I need to do a session because, you know, mentally, you know, it keeps me on track. And if I miss this session, I fucked up. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe you're just going to reduce the volume of that session, not have it as taxing. Maybe you're going to reduce the weight even as well. And having an overall easier session, maybe focusing, like you, like you said, more on mobility or more on flexibility even. Maybe even just, you know, okay, I, I need to work on my cardio. That's the day I'm going to do it because it kind of helps offset the calories a little bit. And it also gets the blood flowing. Like, yeah, I'm not going in on just destroying myself with the volume of cardio or anything like that. But I, I am getting some movement in. So you do have to kind of, like you said, kind of view it on the pros and cons of what you're trying to achieve with the workout itself and the pros and cons of what you're trying to achieve with your overall training and diet, health, fitness regime, whatever it is, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that kind of somewhat robustly covers most situations people are going to find themselves in. So they know what to do calorie wise. They know maybe, okay, I'm going to reduce calories a little bit coming up to it. Maybe reduce calories a little bit the day off, create some sort of buffer, have my night out. If I fuck up, no big deal. I'm moving straight on. I'm having my days after it, especially the day after it set up in such a way that it facilitates me getting straight back on track. My training setup, ideally we're trying to have our training days away from the alcohol itself so if it is a saturday night you know you're may and you're training four days a week you are maybe training you know monday to thursday or maybe even you know monday tuesday thursday friday that week and maybe you're doing a lighter cardio session on the saturday itself and maybe the sunday itself as well just because you're kind of like oh, i wouldn't mind you know maybe creating a little bit more of a calorie buffer but also i want to get some movement in on that sunday so that's how people are training that's how people are dieting is there anything else gary that you feel would help people in terms of their overall alcohol consumption and fitting it fitting it in with their health and fitness goals hmm let me think Dun, 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 dun. I suppose we could talk about maybe like you're the you're the you're the man who's never had a hangover, so <laughs> maybe we could talk about how to minimize your hangovers through them. Their B vitamin hydration strategies that you like to talk about. Yeah, like I've never had a hangover, but I just think that's somewhat genetic, yeah. and to an extent, you know. I also think it's because I generally have my diet very well set up and generally have my hydration very high, you know? So I'm essentially creating the perfect environment for quote unquote health. Um, mm -hmm. so that if I do get this assault on my health, I'm better able to deal with it, you know? Like, yes, alcohol consumption, this is really fucked up as well, but it's the same with a lot of things. And like, this is why a lot of people have trouble if they've gone from say teenage drinking they're like oh yeah like i used to be able to drink so much like i'm, I'm quite a, a large person in general so i used to be able to drink like a fucking shitload right and i'd still not get a hangover but i was doing that regularly as well so also my capacity or my tolerance my yeah my tolerance for alcohol was increased because essentially what you're doing is upregulating enzymes so the enzymes that deal with alcohol like alcohol dehydrogenase and stuff you're just upregulating up their expression you know because you're sending a signal to the body that's saying we're going to drink a lot of alcohol you're going to have to fucking deal with it so fucking deal with it and your body goes okay cool we have these little workers these little enzymes that are built to deal with it if you're constantly putting it in we're going to upregulate these guys so that you can deal with more of it so that unfortunately makes 
you better able to tolerate drink. And that's what you'll see people, they're like, oh, yeah, no, it takes like 12 points before I even start to feel it, you know? And that wouldn't be uncommon in in Ireland, you know, especially if there's like a drinking culture, you know? Like eight points, like I know lads who literally would drink eight points and you wouldn't even know they were drinking, you know? Like they'd be perfectly fine you know whereas obviously if you're not used to drinking eight pints like that's probably going to fucking ruin you you know especially if you're you're on the smaller side of things it's probably going to fucking feel like a proper gut punch uh well fucking a a proper headache you know you're going to get from that so do you realize that the more you drink the better able you'll be to handle your drink which is not generally the best or most valid option for alcohol consumption like i'm not saying oh yeah how do you deal with not getting a hangover just drink more because you'll be able to handle more then you know so what you do have to do is set up your environment your like bodily environment to best be able to handle alcohol and what you're going to have to do for that is as we always say fucking pound down those veggies like eat your vegetables like your your liver is essentially what's you know uh detoxifying this alcohol or rather it's dealing with this alcohol so supporting your liver is what's going to help you deal with the alcohol and the only way you can do that like we can get into like really exotic supplementation strategies and whatever else but it's all meaningless if your diet isn't set up you know so if you're not eating enough protein your liver is not going to be able to you know make these enzymes in sufficient quantities if you're not eating enough like b vitamins it's not going to be able to deal with this if you're not you know i know eating enough fiber it's not going to be able to excrete this correctly you know like so there's there's everything we say in terms of setting up your diet for a healthful diet that's what you're going to need to do and i'm not saying like oh you know you have a saturday night where you're going out so monday to friday i'm going to eat well and i'm going to pound down those veggies it's like no you have to do this consistently for a long time like you have to be in a healthy position to not get a hangover you know and again like some of it is genetic like you could do fucking everything right and still get a hangover like i know people that do that they have a really healthy diet like you like you gary i presume oh i hope you have a really healthy diet in general and you still when you drink feel the effects of alcohol you know so you do have to take that into account that some of it is just somewhat genetic. You know, maybe you're not able to upregulate the enzyme production to a level that's going to help you deal with alcohol efficiently, you know? So eat your vegetables, eat a well-balanced diet. The big one is going to be hydration as well, like both chronic hydration, like chronically being hydrated and being in a, an optimal hydration environment or having an optimal hydration status is going to ensure that your liver is functioning at its full capacity. But especially true of the night out itself. You know, it's also a good pacing strategy if you are trying to limit your alcohol consumption. If for every drink you have, have a pint of water. Like you're both going to, you're going to hit two birds with one stone. You're going to hydrate yourself and you're going to pace yourself more with your alcohol consumption. So hydration is going to be huge. Like, the general recommendation is 40 milliliters per kilogram you know maybe go up to 50 millimeters maybe even 60 milliliters did i say millimeters milliliters uh per kilo obviously you don't want to be overly hydrated and this brings me to the next point you also need electrolytes for 
dealing with the alcohol and dealing with the the effects of that hangover. So generally salt your food. That's an easy way to get the electrolytes in. But this is what you'll see with a lot of these hangover cures. Like they're essentially just repleting electrolytes like what's that one diorolite or something and that's what people generally are like oh i reach for that after i've got a hangover you can do that with just like salt maybe a bit of more magnesium maybe get some potassium eat some bananas avocados that kind of thing but again that comes down to a healthy diet like if you're eating a well-balanced healthy diet you're probably getting quite a lot of electrolytes in in general but maybe putting a little bit more of an emphasis on it the day and the days before you go out on a night out and then of course the day after itself you know so eat a well-balanced diet get a shitload of micronutrition in and um, focus on the electrolytes focus on all the like you can literally just look it up like what vitamins what minerals does a liver require and just focus on getting those you know so it's going to be a lot of b vitamins and like yeah vitamin a and stuff like that but I wouldn't be overdoing some of the fat soluble vitamins and just be kind of cautious on that front, but like getting more B vitamins in your diet. But again, like supplementing with it, I'm kind of like, ah, like you should just get it from your diet if you can. And yeah, you might want to focus on certain foods to help you deal with it. But in the context of a well-balanced diet, you should be focusing on those foods anyway. The main thing you're going to do to, or you're going to want to do to deal with a hangover or preventing a hangover is hydrating yourself, ensuring that you're well hydrated and ensuring that you've got enough electrolytes, you know, that they're going to be the best in terms of preventing it. Like some people are just going to get a hangover, even if they do everything right. And the only way you're going to prevent it is, you know, having an aspirin or something in the morning, you know, that's, that's the only way you're going to prevent yourself feeling like shit. You know, like again, the day after you're still focusing on micronutrient density, still focusing on getting those electrolytes in and still focusing on an overall health or healthy diet. But to an extent, you can't really out outsmart the alcohol. You know, like if you're going to if you're prone to hangovers and you get hangovers from alcohol, like, yeah, fo- if, and if your diet's shit, like, yeah, focusing on getting more micronutrients in, focus on getting a better electrolyte status, focusing on getting better hydration is probably going to reduce the symptoms of a hangover but if you're if you're listening to this i presume you're probably focusing quite a lot on eating a healthy well-balanced diet so you're you're pretty much doing everything right already you know yeah and and to be to be clear again just in case it wasn't clear like i like you can handle like a decent amount of drink but that does not necessarily mean that you are protected against the negative you know health effects of alcohol okay so just because you can have four pints and not be drunk doesn't mean it's not actually negatively impacting your health so remember that and don't necessarily use that as something to boost your ego like oh i can handle a load of drinks so i'm going to drink loads and be fine like just because you don't get hungover, just because you don't feel drunk doesn't mean that that alcohol is like neutral to your health so keep that in mind as well Mm. So yeah, Gary, I think that covers quite a lot. Do you have anything further to add to the conversation? Um, I guess just to kind of keep in mind that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. Like just because you can fit alcohol into your diet and still make progress doesn't necessarily mean that you should just get all excited and be like, oh, great, I'm going to have a drink every night or I'm going to have two drinks every night just because... I can because I think I think that's become one of those things and like 
I don't know, maybe it's just some of the people I follow, but in the past year or so, you know, there's been a trend for people to have a more moderate approach to fitness. You know, we're, we're kind of all about that health focus, but, you know, there's a general, like, stepping away from the whole hardcore, do everything, you know, perfectly all the time mindset. And with that has come people who are like, oh, look, I still go out every weekend and I'm in this shape. And it's like, that's not necessarily like something you want to be promoting, in my opinion. Like, I wouldn't say that just because you're in shape would mean that, oh, you should go out and drink every weekend if you can. It's like, no, no, no. Health is a long-term, like, chronic thing. And, like, just because alcohol isn't causing you to gain fat doesn't mean it's not degenerating your cerebellum that's going to lead you to having terrible balance in 40 years and falling over and breaking your hip and dying 10 years. I mean... 60 years before me and Patty. So keep that in mind because like, you know, we can, we can be very quick to bring everything back to body composition. It's the same with calories. People are like, Oh, you can eat what you want and lose fat. And it's like, yeah, you can, but it doesn't mean that you should, there's more to this. So do try and keep all of that stuff in context because I think social media can be a bit reductionistic at, at times where people just kind of look at things like through one lens and don't actually view things in the full context of health. I would 100% agree with you, Gary. As per usual, you are spitting, spitting even, straight up fire. Um, oh, excuse me. Yeah, so I do feel people have from this or have gotten from this, hopefully, quite a robust understanding of how to deal with alcohol. Like we had a conversation in the militia earlier on was it this week maybe last week uh, about how people fit in alcohol into their day and like there is quite a diverse range of ways you can manipulate your diet you can manipulate your lifestyle to fit alcohol in but i think for most people finding the strategy that allows them to stay or stick to their diets long term is going to be the most beneficial. But realistically, the most beneficial thing is going to be addressing your relationship with alcohol, you know? So that could mean addressing your relationship with friends and alcohol. Like if you feel, again, you have you have to drink because your friends are drinking, like they're the type of crew that's like, oh, you're not drinking, you're a fucking, you're a faggot, you're a loser, you're gay or whatever, they, whatever they're saying, like, they're, they're not friends you want to have like they're not invested in your long-term growth so realistically is that or are they people you want to hang around with so you may have to address that which is a, a whole other conversation you need to have and maybe it is a conversation you need to have with yourself and discuss it out and go like are they actually friends or are they just you know wasters that are parading as friends you know and um, so you do have to kind of think that side of things true but also then you have to think of what are your overall goals like like we're talking about health because that's generally the type of people that we're dealing with and generally the type of goals we have you know and um, but if your goals are purely aesthetic and you're saying i want to look a certain way but i also want to go out and party like, yeah, there's definitely ways you can set up your diet and set up your, your lifestyle so that you can do that. Like that's, it's it, as long as you're respecting the laws of thermodynamics and like energy balance, you can fucking set up your diet. Like you could literally drink fucking piss as your, 
drink of choice. Like it doesn't matter as long as you again are adhering to it and you are, you know, staying within that the second law of thermodynamics and you know accounting for your calories. You know, you can essentially do a huge amount within that kind of scope of things does not mean that it's optimal and it does not mean that it's going to lead to your best health outcomes but if it's just body composition you're caring about like there are definitely certain strategies you can bring in you know so you do have to be quite clear on what your goals are and obviously then also your relationship with alcohol as a whole because i know a lot of people listening to this will think or like I'm not an alcoholic or I don't have a problem with alcohol. But then when they look at their alcohol consumption trade a week, they are way over the units that are supposed to be consumed, you know? So that is obviously a conversation or a thought process or whatever it is that you need to have. Like, what is my relationship with alcohol? Why, why do I feel the need to drink so much? Like what, like if you're having two glasses of wine every single night, like why? Is that just a habit you've fallen into? Or are you actually depressed like do you actually feel the need to drink alcohol to you know relax yourself down because you just fucking hate life you know like i'd rather see you sort your life out than rely on this essentially drug to self-medicate you know so that's going to help a lot more people than just accounting for the calories like actually looking to your relationship with alcohol a little bit further you know, like, yeah, okay, it is a, we'll call it a, a successful mating strategy. You know, like you, you go out on a night out, have a few drinks, you know, you get with a girl or a guy and you're like, oh yeah, like now we're, we're a couple or whatever. And that you facilitated that with alcohol. So yeah, like, I'm not going to say it's shit for your overall life. Like that's, that's how a lot of people do meet their significant other, you know? So you do have to address your relationship with alcohol as a whole and be aware of what you are using alcohol for and be aware of whether you actually want to use alcohol or you're being forced to use alcohol because there is quite a lot of peer pressure around the topic of alcohol and the way I always look at it it's essentially a drug you're essentially self-medicating with a drug that's legal you know, it is legal to consume alcohol once you are over 18 years of age in Ireland anyway. So it's 100% legal. It's still a drug. That doesn't stop the fact that it is a drug, you know, and it does have drug effects, you know. So would you be in the same situation? And you can answer this honestly to yourself. Like if, if all your friends were just dropping pingers and or I don't know, fucking sniffing meth or fucking smoking meth even or sniffing fucking mdma or whatever it is like are you would you feel comfortable being forced peer pressured into that situation like would you if you answer no then like divide it out in your head like where is the line where it's like okay i'm happy enough being peer pressured into drinking alcohol where do i draw the line with everything and that's why like a lot of people is it's always there's actually a load of like psychological studies on it uh, where people are like oh no i would never do that in terms of maybe i don't know they'd get into power and they're like oh no i'd be a good person in power i'd be fucking brilliant but then you do all these psychological studies and it always shows that once people get into power they just abuse it you know even though they're quote-unquote good people and they would never have done it like you can convince people to do 
a hell of a lot more than you think you can. And people are generally, people have a better, I don't know what you want to say, reflection of themselves. They think more highly of themselves than they actually are. You know, like they, like people have these fantasies in their head where, oh, if there was a burning building there, it was an orphanage burning down, like I would run in and I would help everyone. But then something like that happens and they cower in the corner. You know, it's like, you're not generally people aren't the people that they think they are. So do kind of have that conversation with yourself and have that conversation in the relation with alcohol and think, am I being peer pressured into this? And am I okay being peer pressured into this? And where would the line be in terms of that peer pressure? Like if my friends just whipped out a bag of Coke, like would I engage in that too? You know, like you do have to have that conversation with yourself and actually, you know, touch out the lines of where your boundaries are with all of that kind of stuff, you know, like, is it just the legality of it that's stopping you doing these other drugs or whatever, or is it something else? Like, are you in control of your decisions or is quote unquote society in control of your decisions? Hells. Yeah, boy. Good points. I really like that. I really like that point as well about, you know, how people have a better like they think that they're much better people than they actually are because like a lot of it does come down to people's ability to offload responsibility. Like people will do a lot, I guess, worse things if you want to use that word when they can offload the responsibility to someone else or make themselves look better in some sort of light. Like, you know, in that context where we're talking about drugs and drink and stuff, when people can rationalize it, that other people are worse than them, then they're like, okay, I'm better than someone Therefore, if I use that as my frame of reference, then it is, you know, justifiable. And like, if you want to look at a good example of this, we won't talk about it now, but you can look up the, the Stanford prison experiment. Like it's a pretty good example of, of, of showing, you know, how good people can do some pretty fucking nasty things when they are, you know, able to offload that responsibility. Like in short, essentially what they got convinced people to do was basically electrocute people once they were given the order by the actual guard like there's a lot more to it it's worth reading into because it is quite cool and it'll cause you to i guess question yourself a little bit as well because i think we often think that we're always these we're all these good lovely nice people that would never do anything bad and we look at people like you know the nazis and we look at like oh how did those soldiers do that at that time and it's like you don't actually know what you would do in response to that situation where this is deemed as actually normal. So, you know, I think it's important to keep that within your frame of reference. Yeah, like I think I actually really like all those studies as well because like I, I fucking love war and I love reading about it, love like understanding the thought process that goes into it. And <clears throat> you'll see a lot of this, this same kind of thought process where people think they are better than they actually are, but the, the amount of people that are willing to actually stand up and hold the line with their beliefs is a lot lower than you would actually hope it would be. Say for like the... The, the most recent, because everyone always goes back to like the Nazis or the fucking communists and fucking killing 100 million people or whatever. But what you, uh, the better example is because more recent is like the Vietnam War. You know, like you would think like everyone, like once you see all those things where it's like, oh, you know, they closed down the Vietnam War. They, uh, the Americans lost the Vietnam War because of civil unrest in their own country. Like people did not like what the Americans were doing over in Vietnam. And like, that is a very valid point, but you have to look at the context of why did those people that were over in Vietnam do what they did? Like, why did the Americans 
do what they did? Like, why were they attacking like villagers? Like they, they wouldn't have acted like that in America, you know, or at least they don't act like that in America, you know? So they wouldn't have done it in their own country. So why do they do it in another country when they don't do it in other countries that they invade, you know? And the, the thought process behind it was like the Viet Cong were waging a guerrilla style warfare, you know? So they would essentially like plant a few mines in this field over here and, you know, Americans would step on them and, get blown to bits or you know one guy would lose his legs and they'd have to call in the helicopters and blah 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 but they were going through these villages and they felt because they that's what they were told by their government by their people and again you can get into the whole argument that the entire thing was a shit show because realistically it was like i think it was 70 percent of the generals didn't know their mission in vietnam so there was no commander's intent with the whole thing so it was a shitstorm, and like, yeah, it, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But getting into the head of the people that were there, like, why did they like shoot on villagers, and why did they like go into villages and rape fucking women and do whatever? Like, they were essentially acting like fucking barbarians. Like, what? Why did they do that? And you look at it, like, it's a very easy logical progression as to why they would do that. Like, imagine you were just walking and in, you're in the jungle, you're in, you know, someone else's territory, and you're fearing for your life because like, you're fighting a war that maybe you don't agree with, but you know, conscription, you're there, YOLO, you know? Um, so maybe you don't agree with it, but you're there and you're seeing your friends get blown to bits, right? But you never see a Vietnamese get blown to bits. So that means that the Vietnamese that were in those villages who you feel you are protecting, you feel that you are liberating them from communism. They know where the mines are, but they're not telling you. You know, so those Vietnamese in your eyes then become the enemies as well because they know the mines are there and they're just not telling you. So you can see how logic progresses into, all right, well, fuck these Vietnamese villagers. Like they're not helping us. So I'm not going to help them. And then that process of I'm not going to help them becomes they're my enemies. I'm going to all out attack them. And because they are not able to defend themselves, they don't have weapons or they don't have whatever. We're, we're in control. We're going to be the overall out-and-out oppressor, you know? So you can see how it logically happens in someone's head and in someone's thought process that they go from being a quote-unquote normal person into this abnormal person, this psychotic person that's, you know, raping and pillaging villages. So you can see that natural progression, but that does not mean that it has to be that way because there were people in that Vietnam- Vietnamese war that did stand up and were like, no, this is not it. But they were fewer than the people that weren't willing to stand up for their beliefs. And this is kind of, again, going back to that topic of, you know, what are your actual, like what's controlling you with your decision-making in regards to alcohol? Is it just peer pressure? Do you, have you even thought into it? Like, is it just something that, oh, everyone goes out drinking, so I do it. Like, is it something that you want to have in your life? You know, so you do have to have that conversation with yourself and you do have to address whether you are the person you think you are. Hell yeah. That was good. That that got deep fast. Like we went from we went from going on the sesh to talking about the Stanford prison experiment and like fucking the Vietnamese war. I like it. Um, so, yeah, moral of the story is, you know, even if it seems normal, don't go and kill people. All right. <laughs> yeah fucking that's never a good option it's bad anyway anything else to wrap this up gary because we're approaching an hour and a half um i don't think so i think that covers the majority of what we needed to 
get across. I think that would answer all of your queries, re alcohol. If there's anything more, you're probably just sweating the minutia because that will cover a lot of things with reference to health and fitness. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Anyway, Gary, do we have an event coming up? We do. We have an event next Saturday in Killarney. Um, as far as I'm aware, anyway, because uh, it may not actually potentially be going ahead if people don't actually get their asses to sign up and buy tickets. So if you are thinking about going and attending the event and you're like, oh, I'll get my ticket on the last day, please do get your ticket as soon as possible because otherwise the event may be in question. So if you are interested, just drop us a DM or something like that. I'll send you the number and you can get involved. Yeah, because I know a lot of people have said to me, they're like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about going to it. Um, Any further details on it? and give them further details on it and they're like oh like so how do i sign up and i think the fact that you have to ring someone to sign up yeah, is turning a lot I of people agree. off but yeah a lot of people have said oh i'm thinking about going to it but if you are thinking about going to it just you know actually put that process in place and go about you know booking the tickets <clears throat> anyway anything further to add before we shut this down gary um no i think we're in a good place. I hope you all have a, a good St. Paddy's weekend and don't do anything stupid. Eat your goddamn veggies and uh, mm. sleep loads. <laughs> right. XO, XO. Peace out, guys. Peace.